Welcome back to Inspire Change with Jordan Mulligan. And today I have an amazing guest who so many of you would have already heard of before as he is a viral sensation across TikTok and Instagram. Today I'm talking to the amazing Jovino McLean. He runs the J7 Health Center out of Manchester and you would have heard his Northern accent screaming at his amazing clients. Jovino opened the J7 Health Center years ago and he started helping people with disabilities, mental health issues, and illnesses. And these clients he takes on, he charges absolutely no money for. But what's even more impressive is his approach and style. And I think that's what's captured the imagination around the world is this no-nonsense approach that he uses with his clients. That coupled with his true passion and investment and love for every single one of the people who come through his doors is just infectious. And you can see the genuineness through the camera. And I want to say this, meeting Jovino in real life, he is 100% exactly who he is in those videos. A big smile, a warm embrace as soon as I met him, both arms came out, he embraced me. He said he loved what we do. I told him exactly the same. His work is incredible. And what he's doing is changing people's lives. And in today's conversation, we talk about that perspective, how he arrived here, why he's helping people, and also the biggest misconceptions around disability and illness and how we can shift our minds around that too. The interesting thing for me is the perspective of success that we talk about in this conversation. Success is measured for me by how far you go in your journey. And for some people, as we speak to Javino, raising your hand to brush your hair or take a step or being able to get out of a car is the biggest amount of success. And the thing that these people are doing with Javino is achieving that success every day, every month, every year with sheer hard work and determination. Because outcome is not the definition of success in my opinion, it's the growth that you had in between. And another amazing part of this conversation is the mentality that these people have. People who are facing cancer and people who have struggled with disability and being outcast by society, the mentality, the strength, the willpower that these people have to keep on going in the face of that adversity, but also to remain beautiful and wonderful and kind and happy people in the process is such an infectious inspiration to see and hear from Javino. So we talk about a few of those stories as well. So I want to say a massive welcome to the show, to Javino McLean. And this was one of my favorite episodes we've done this year so far. Today's video was sponsored by Huel, a quick, affordable, nutritionally complete source of food that has everything that your body needs. Head to the link in the description for a discount. Thank you to Huel for sponsoring this episode. Let's dive in to the amazing episode with Javino McLean. So many people have seen your videos. Maybe they don't know it's you, but like, this is where I want to dig into it. Like, why did you start it? How did it come about? The, 
the reasoning behind it is one of the biggest things I want to capture. And I, I've seen you in podcasts before, you downplay it as well. So I want to dig a little, a little bit deeper, but early days, where did you grow up? How would you describe that to like an American audience? Do you know what? I, I look at, it, it's humbling, man. I don't ever think what I'm doing is amazing. I knew you was going to say that. I don't, man. I, like, no matter how many times people tell it me, because you know what? That's how humans should be treated. And I think it's about timing. I think the world right now with what's going on, how horrible people are treating each other. It's just, I think it, bit of luck that people are seeing real love, seeing what real love and care actually looks like. So when I was younger, I was, my family are amazing, man. My, I grew up in a house of love. And I think that is where kind of it, it molded me as a man. I didn't have, I've got nobody in my family that's disabled or elderly. Well, obviously elderly, but I've got nobody in my family that's disabled that I know of. So there's certain things that I can't explain, brother. It's the weirdest, I can't explain certain things. I'm just a person of, if I, if I see injustice, I'm gonna have to say something. And I've been like that since I was 16. That's what I wanna dive into then, because like I've heard a few of the podcasts and some of the stuff you've spoken about before. And to me, I feel like there is a, there is some kind of roadmap as to why you've ended up here, wanting to help other people. And a lot of that, I would say, shaped by your parents. Like you, incredibly hardworking people, and showed you love and self-belief all the way through cricket, which like, let's, let's talk about that. There's a story you said about your dad uh, that really captured sort of the love and investment he had in his son for, you know, for, for your cricket career at the time. My dad, my dad, I'm a, <laughs> we said I'm nearly 40, I'm nearly 40, right? But now as a grown man, I see the depths of my dad's love for me. My dad did things for me that I'll never be able to repay him back for. The, the, the amount of places he had to drive me for cricket matches just to make sure I don't miss out on opportunities. I think that, that changed, I think without even knowing it, that made me have a real appreciation for somebody going above and beyond. They don't want nothing back from it. Just going above and beyond just because I love you and I care for you. And yeah, my dad did up, my dad, man, my dad's still to this day is a leader of my family. He's, he's a man that sets the example. I'm, I'm nowhere near as good and I never will be as good as my dad. My brothers, my cousins, who I've got a mega close family. I'm nowhere near as good as them. I don't, and I, and what I mean by that is I hold grudges. I take things to heart. I'm a bit extreme in responses. And I do things that are not always good in regards to, I've got no right to tell people how to live their lives. I've got no right to walk over to somebody and say, how dare you not treat your mother good? I've done it pure times. I've seen people getting treated wrong. I've seen elderly people getting disrespected by the, the family members in Costa Coffee. I've seen disabled people in the past getting treated and ignored and pied off and patronized by family members. I've got no right to come over to you and tell you how rude, disrespectful, how horrible you're being to that family member. I've got no right. And that's what I mean by, uh, I can't tell you why I go over, but I just believe that everybody should. It's not about money. It's not about black or white. It's not about able-bodied or disabled. It's not about race or culture. It's about humans. All humans should be seen. 
all humans should get attention, all humans should feel valued and feel like you, you're worth something. And it's just unfortunate that the disabled community, the elderly community, the people at a disadvantage kind of get put on the shelf. I had seen this, um, this interview actually with a guy who had been in a car accident and it had really like severely um, affected his face because he was blind in one eye. And he went on this sort of mission to spread to people that we're normal. Like that's the, and th the biggest thing he said that affected him post injury, and I guess affects, can affect a lot of disabled people, is been treated completely differently. I mean, you work, I, we need to talk about your, what is it the J7? J7. What do you, what do you call it? J7? Health Center. Health se the health I hate center. gyms, not like gyms. <laughs> the health been center. speaking out before, we don't like gyms. <laughs> you know what it is? I just don't like, I've been to so many gyms. I'm a gym guy. But how is it that somebody like me or you can go to a gym and feel intimidated or lonely in a mm -hmm. packed gym? Gyms can have that sense of that like you're judging people and it's not, it can be the, the really uncomfortable atmosphere. So I want to redefine what gym meant. A gym is a place, I wanted to redefine it as a place where anybody could come, mummy, daddy, grandma, granddad, cat, dog, anybody could come to and find something that suits them, whether it's knee powerlifting 600 kilograms or whether it's Betty Boo over there doing some sit to stands with some 1kgs. It should be a place where people are welcome and everybody can do their own little thing without the fear of intimidation, without feeling lonely. So I want to redefine that. So that's why I call my place a health center because the word gym, especially to people that need to exercise, it's a scary word that a lot of people kind of, you, go, you can go to a lot of people that are a bit older, people that are new to exercise and say, do you want to come to the gym? Oh no. Because they're going to think, without even being in there, they're going to think straight away it's, it's going to be big dudes with the top soft grunting, girls doing that. It's, it's, a, it's an intimidating place. And I'm so happy now that I've got people. I've got 94-year-olds, man, that come to my place. I'm going gym, innit? Yeah, I can't, I can't come shopping because I'm going gym. I heard, I heard Auntie Gloria the other day on the phone. Uh, she pulled up on Friday morning to do the OAP class beautiful class that I've done for 15 years and I heard her on the phone chatting to a little mate saying yeah I can't come next Friday I go gym on Friday and I felt so proud because she's 90 odd years old but she's saying she's you see what I'm saying incredible yeah. it's, it's beautiful and that's what to me it's, it's it's about that it's about just redefining what certain things mean to people it's interesting you say that as well because it's it's not even confident people uh, fearful of the gym. I don't know if you follow a guy called Joey Swole. You see the... He, yeah, I know him. I know Joey. A brilliant guy. And, you know, he... He's like you. Like, he sees an injustice in the gym and he tries, he tears it down and says, look, this is where we're going wrong. Like, we shouldn't... You know, people are already intimidated. Why would you in, intimidate them more, t take the mick out of them or whatever it is? And, like, on your videos as well, especially the community you have in that gym. Like, I don't think anybody's scared to be there. It's absolutely incredible, man. Do you know what? It's... It's more than exercise, man. It's more than six packs and booties. It's more than deadlifts. It's more than, it's more than exercise. I rarely talk about exercise, but to me, the magic is in, in exercise. 
Magic isn't in exercise. Magic is in giving people experiences that they never forget. Because what we've got in this country, well, we've got in this world, ain't nobody in this room here, none of us know what it's like on the other side. None of us. Like, words can't describe what it's like on the other side. I'm not talking about poverty. I'm not talking about materialistic things. Every single day of my life, yeah, I see people. Bro, one of my girls, she's so, her disability is so bad. She, she can't scratch her own face. She can't scratch her shoulder. Yet she doesn't complain, she doesn't moan. She turns up and says, Jay, what are we doing today? I'm on it, let's go. And every time I see her and how hard she works for me, but how limited her life is, bro. Like the ability to fully enjoy life is something that not many people have got, have been blessed to have. Every single day, we get to fully enjoy life, do things, go places. Some people, unfortunately, have been given such a short straw. They don't, even, they don't even know how bad they've got it, but they don't complain. That to me is strange, bro. I don't care. Listen, we, when we were spoken before about the powerlifting, look, bro, I don't, you, just, you see, you see when it comes to strength, it's about heart pain. Heart pain is the worst pain on this planet. Heart pain is there's nothing more dramatic, more drastic to a person than heart pain. We've all lost people that we love. The pain of losing somebody that you love. There's the same pain as disabled people have with injustice. So now, I speak about it all the time and I don't really, it's one of them, it's a bit therapeutic to me. I lost my auntie. Three years ago, broke us. And what do people say when you lose somebody that you love? I'll give anything to spend one more minute with that person. Give anything to spend one more. Give me, I'll do anything now to spend 10 seconds with Dan. Yeah? So that heart pain is when you got people that are disabled and people that have got terminal illnesses, cancers people that are suicidal, that don't want to be here. They're going through so much heart pain. So in order for them to get over that heart pain, you know how strong they've got to be. Strong as in not the amount you deadlift, just the ability to keep on going. So I, I don't talk much about my powerlifting and stuff that I've done as a professional athlete because it ain't impressed. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of my gold medal at the Euros. I'm proud of the things that I did as a cricketer, but it ain't impressive. Impressive is last week. One of my guys, terminal illness, seven months. We thought he's only got three. Strength is, Jay, I'm still coming in on Monday. I want to box, I want to do this, I want to do that, let's go. That strength is, you can't compare that kind of strength to a little deadlift strength, a little bench press, a little squat. That's mm, it's a totally different level of strength. You see what I'm saying? That's a, total, that's a level of strength that I can't even fathom how, how a human deals with that, bro. 
A strength that's undescribable to people, even that, that I'm, I'm involved, bro. So when somebody's saying that to me, I, I'm breaking down inside and I, I'm crumbling. But it ain't even about me. The person who's telling me that is chest up, chin up, let's go. That's a strength that is out. You can't respond to that with words. I can't respond to that with words, bro. So what I can do is go, there's nobody on this planet that can make people fall in love with exercise like me. I know that sounds boastful, but I believe this is why I was here. So the only thing I can do is thank you for choosing me. If somebody told me that I was in that situation and I only had a certain amount of time, there's a countdown until when my heart's gonna stop beating. I don't know why I would respond. I don't know what I'd do. I'd probably want to spend every single minute with my family, my wife, my kids. This man has chosen me. So firstly, I'm going to thank you for that. Secondly, I'm going to give you this, such a good experience. Such, I'm going to give you everything that's invested in me as a person. I'm going to give you everything. So after that 30 minutes, I can't fix it. But I can make you forget for a minute. I can make you laugh. I can make you smile. I can make you really enjoy the present and if I can make you just forget about the pain and laugh just for a little minute, just to make you forget about what the real world is doing and what's going on, that's how I can repay you. And this is why I can't fail. This is why I, I, I don't do, I don't do bad sessions. I don't, bro. Like it sounds, I'm not being boastful. I don't do bad sessions because I know what people are going through and I know what it means to them. And the fact that you've chosen me, I can't let you down, bro. I can't let you down in them situations. And I have drastic situations like that every single week. I can't let you down. It's impossible for me to fail because I know what you're going through and then what your family are going through. It's such an ordeal. My little bit of discomfort, it doesn't compare. When you opened J7 Health Center, a lot of people might not know you've you delivered these sessions for free was there a, was there a turning point when you started delivering them for free was there a moment no, i've done it since i was 16 like since i was 16 i've never charged a penny for anybody disabled what what was it what was the thinking straight away like did you know that as soon going into personal training you're like i'm going to train people if i ever get somebody who's disabled or needs my help in a major way i'm going to deliver it for free like what was the thinking behind it there was no thinking i think people think too much if you think too much, it becomes a strategy. I don't need a strategy. I'm just a person who wants to help. There's no strategy with that. You don't need, there's no Pythagoras theorem and no potion. People overthink. I do a lot of seminars and things for people in America and around the world who want to learn how to, the master of the, how to master delivering to people that are disadvantaged. And they sit there with the pens and paper and I'm like, there's no strategy. Care for people, love people, be genuine. It's easy. So with me, it was never, money never came into the equation, brother, because if I'm gonna help you, like I said, a million times from the purest part of my soul, there's no Nat West, there's no Barclays. I wanna help you because I wanna help you. If I take money for that, that help, I'm gaining financially for wanting to help you. So therefore, my love, my care, my message is diluted, really, because I've taken money for helping you. 
So money never came into the equation for me. And it never has because <laughs> there's things on this planet, man. We all need money to survive. There's things on this planet that are worth so much more than money. Like money is the root of a lot of people's evils. Money is the root of a lot of people's uh, conflicts and beef. I've experienced conversations, hugs and phone calls that are worth more to me than any amount of money. Any amount of money on this planet. That perspective of, uh, th this is the way I've, I've seen it, especially on your page, of, of success that, that people have. And something like you say, a 300 kilo deadlift, 400 kilo deadlift, whatever it is. But for some of your clients, like you say, scratching her face is like, would be a, a big win, like would be insane, like success for her. Like, is there moments you can remember throughout? I mean, there's probably a lot, but like moments where you just, you know, really have stayed with you throughout? Every day, man. Every day, bro. I've got... This is why I like these podcasts, right? Because I believe it or not, I don't get to chat to nobody about my stuff. So it's easier chatting to strangers because I don't, in, in the real world, I, don't, I can't do this with people because I can't show them this guy. Do you know when somebody passes away, you're the older brother, so you gotta make sure she's okay and your family. So maybe you wait to grief. You see what I'm saying? Because you gotta hold down your people as the older sibling. Same, same, but different. With my world, there's so much emotion involved I've just got to crack on because I'm the captain of the ship. I've got to make sure everyone else is okay. Usain Bolt running 9.9, .9 whatever, rapid. And he's Jamaican, last me, you hear me? But anyway, he's Jamaican, 9.9 .9 something, rapid. Auntie Anne, one of my uh, ladies, beautiful, beautiful lady, man. She's a stroke survivor. The first time, I made her move her hand two inches. Bro, I celebrated like it was Usain Bolt. But to me, it was the same quality performance. Usain Bolt running that 9.9, .9, whatever it was, elite human performance. Don't ever think that Auntie Anne moving that hand two inches after having a stroke and trying for four months. That's just on par with Usain Bolt. I don't care what anybody says. And this is why I celebrate so hard. Because I know how hard that is. I've seen the frustration. I've seen the tears, bro. I've seen the family looking. Everything, what people don't understand is when someone's going through a disability or illness, you best believe that every step, every, every appointment, every knockback, every tear, mummy and daddy, brother and sister go through it too. God forbid Neve or Mr. Beard, or what's the, what's the, what's the Beard man called? What you call That's him? Luke. Even Luke, God forbid, anything was to happen. You love each other, so you go through it together, not just the person who's ill. You see what I'm saying? So when you see the frustration, the pain, the sadness in people's faces and eyes and souls, the family are going through it too. So when, when somebody does something amazing, like move that hand two inches, and you see the husband cry, you see, the daughter, the son, 
cry or get so emotional, you see what it means to them. That needs to get celebrated, man. Those wins, I think, are perspective for everybody as well. Like, if, you, you know, if you're depressed or you're struggling and you manage to get out of bed, that's a big win. And I think some people downplay it because they're looking at other people through social media or other people's achievements. But on a day, that could be the Usain Bolt world record for you. You know, and I, I, people do need to celebrate that. On the point of the pain of families of other people, it is difficult. And I do see, I see your perspective of you having to hold it together, you know, for all your clients. And that's, I think the way you are is so infectious because when you're talking about your clients are like, let's go, you know, you've put that in these people, like you've, you've installed that into people. Um, and I, I'm curious as, as this one is, I, I guess like your perspective is better because you've worked with so many people with disabilities and illnesses, but how do you not give empathy and sympathy and just like, you know, go baby people and like let them go at their own pace. Cause I've seen some of your videos and you're just as hard, maybe harder with some of these people, like you're doing it. And there's no discussion about this. You're doing it. You're going to stand up. You're going to lift this. You're going to do whatever it is. And you, you're really to the point of, you know, you better, you better do this. And your clients have said the same thing as well. Yeah. What's, so how do you not bend into, you know, letting them, letting them, Bending into the empathy and, you know... Um... I'm a good psychopath. So my strategy is love first. Care first. If I know your story, really know your story, know who your family are, know who your friends are, know what your neighbours call you, know your noisy neighbour that you don't like, the silly woman at work that annoys you, that takes your, your mug, the, your, your, your pet. I need to know your story. And you need to know my story because once I really know your story and you know mine and we become friends, there's nothing you can do. Because the moment I fully care for someone, there's no going back, brother. Like if I fully, fully care for you, I mean, you have had many conversations about wanting to do this and become healthier and lose weight and do this and the thing, listing the things that you really want. And me as your friend, and a lot of these guys that are trained, I'm the big brother figure. And I'm listening to you and I care for you. And you told me that you want to walk two steps. You told me that you want to stand up for 20 seconds. My love for you is so strong that I'm going to get you there whether you like it or not. I'm willing to not risk the friendship, but I'm willing to make the friendship both wobble in order for us to get out of that rough sea. I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to take that risk because I guarantee that if we take that risk and we do it, our friendship's going to grow even more and the love that we've got for each other is going to go even more. You see what I'm saying? So what a lot of people don't see is the videos are the end product. The videos are just the end product. I've never taken a video twice. I put this shit up, I press record, film. I've never done take a video twice, but what people don't see is the tears before it. What people don't see is the conversations before it. Bro, one of my... One of my girls, right? She, she wants to box, she loves boxing. She knows she can't, she knows she can't get her hands up. Her mobility is so limited. But what she demonstrates is bravery and courage that you can get a hundred men together, they're not as brave as this girl. Because guess what, bravery to me is have you got the strength to look at impossible and go, I'm going to give it a go still? 
she knows she can't throw a left hook. She knows she can't. She knows she can't get that there. She can't get that there, it's impossible. So I'm not going to patronise her and try to make her do it. But I'm going to put that impossible goal in front of her. And to see her still give it a hundred million percent, she's the most wonderful, wonderful human. That she's amazing. The fact that you, it's impossible, bro. Think about it. But I'm still going to give it a go. But guess what? She gave it a go and she did it. She gave it a go and she did it, and it was just amazing to watch and just be a part of that. And I think. I think this is, what is, this is what the world needs to understand when it comes to me and my work. It's never about... And this is why I didn't film for so many years. I've, I've been doing it a long time and I didn't film because... I don't ever want to be even talked about as exploiting anybody. I do, I do it because it's me. Somebody accidentally filmed. I was doing when I first opened my spot. Somebody was filming and they filmed like one of my OAP classes that I've done for 15 years and they put it out there. Got about a thousand messages in that one day from people saying, oh, my mum my mom wants to come to that, my granddad. And I seen the power in it. I seen the power in it. And that's when I started recording and it's just gone crazy and crazy. But people don't realise, right now this is needed, man. I had a lady, I had a lady, man, she, I think she's from the Isle of, Isle of Manor, Isle of White, one of them little weird islands. I just want to say it weird, but one of them little islands that are over there. She's a, she's got many illnesses, man, but she's a, there's a, there's a, a niece of, like a news agent, probably 150 meters away. She's never had the courage to walk. She's embarrassed. She's got so many illnesses. She has to phone her daughter to take her to the shop. And she's seen a video with me on my, one of me, one of my guys who is uh, a stroke survivor. And she messaged me saying, he's older than me. It was Tommy, he's older than me, he's more disabled than me. And if he did that in that video, I need to do more. So then she said, sent me a video and she went, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna walk to the shop today by myself. 15 years I've lived at this flat. I'm gonna do it today. I've seen the video. My heart was doing this because I'm thinking, I don't know this lady. I don't know what stability, I don't know nothing about this lady. She sent me another video. Three hours later. She did it, she went to the shop, got herself some Jaffa cakes, some dog food, a newspaper. She walked by herself, got a bit tired. She posted up on the chair, on the, on the bench, chilled, got her breath back, got back up and she two, two toes dipped back up to the shop. And then she came back and she sent me a video, just really emotional. And I felt so good that a little video that I did has now inspired that lady to do something so life-changing for herself. And I think this is, that's the key, people doing things for themselves without feeling that it's about being selfish or anything. Do things for yourself. I think that's a really, really, really important message that I've learned in the last couple of years that these videos and my work, thank God and I'm very grateful of inspiring people to do things for themselves, which is really important. It's infectious as yes, well. definitely. You know, our, our strap line is inspire change, but it's it's not just like a gimmick, like we do mean it. Your clients who are, you know, throwing that hawk, that inspires somebody else. Like it, it genuinely does, you know, to see somebody's strength to go through what they're going through and to still do that 
is inspiring to somebody else. Maybe somebody who's in a similar position, like she was inspired by one of your clients or one of your classes, you know. That is applicable to everybody though. You know, if you're going out and doing something for yourself and somebody might be watching, this is the Inspire Change mission for me was um, kind of one of the reasons it was created is that I saw this guy who every single morning, he'd go on the park at like 5 a.m. in the morning and he'd clean the park up, Put big public park, didn't work there, just, you know, was just doing it because he, he wanted to clean the park up. And then one day he wasn't there and I noticed he wasn't there and he never came back. The park started to get messy. So then we, so I went over to the park and started cleaning it myself. And this guy who I don't even know had absolutely inspired me. And I think so many people, if you do something, I don't know why he was doing that, but if you do something for yourself that's got good intentions, can be so inspirational, especially when it's actions and not words. And I think with your clients, the growth that they're having through going through one of your sessions or, you know, doing some of the stuff that you do is absolutely amazing as well. You know, it's so inspiring to other people. The work that you do, the messages that you put out is so inspiring to other people. And I think, again, it, it, it comes back to that of doing it with good intentions, you know, giving without wanting to receive. That's another massive thing that I see you do all the time. Like, you'd probably do it if you had 10 followers or no followers or no ins. Well, you was doing it with... I ain't doing nothing different now. Yeah. Even exactly. now, with yeah. a million followers and the stuff that's... I don't... I ain't doing nothing different now to what I did 20 years ago. I want to ask you this, you know, you're almost competing with some of these facilities that have millions and millions of pounds, millions and millions of dollars, helping people with disabilities. And then you've got your own way about it. How did you come, come to learn it? Because I bet people are asking you like, how do you, you know, someone who's going through this illness or this disability, how do you get them to move their arms or work or uh, walk and, you know, did you study it? Did you, is it a process that you've just built over the last 15 years? And do you get, is there any sort of, thing in your head that you are competing with these facilities that have just got money behind them but you know yeah well, what I don't, I don't see competition man like, this is again without being bigger i don't see it as competition i never will because i've i've always worked to stand in the lane by myself i was i ain't afraid of pure gym and jd gyms they need to be afraid of me there's no there's no competition but with me and i so i, I, I speak to a lot of trainers around the world who've seen something and what i try so i want to say listen Get your qualifications, yeah? Get all the qualifications in PT and I've got a uni, I've got a uni degree. I know it doesn't seem like it, but I've got been uni. Got myself a little summit, do you know what I mean? I've been uni, but that's irrelevant, man. That's irrelevant. I did a seminar a couple of months ago to brain surgeons in, child neurologists and brain surgeons in America who are well more academic than me. You can have all the academics in the world, but the ability to talk to people and make somebody feel human, that's something that is more, that's worth more than a diploma on a piece of paper. So what I tell people all the time is, my strategy is that I ain't afraid. I'm not one bit afraid. I'm, I'm not scared. If you was to come into my gym now, Josh, I say, have you got any injuries? If you have, let me stay away from it. I'll give you a little, you know what I mean? Work out what you can do to make sure that you're safe. With disabled people, people are scared. A lot of, this, lot of, a lot of wheelchair users can actually get up. A lot of wheelchair users can actually move the legs. So I'm not afraid to ask questions. So if somebody comes in, I'll ask, well, so what can you do? I'll watch, okay, show me, move your hand, move your leg. I'm not afraid to ask them awkward questions. And uh, 
there's an ability that a lot of people are lacking, a skill in treating people normal. There's a skill in treating people normal. There's a bravery required to treat somebody normal. People say it all the time, treat somebody normal. Bollocks. There's an actual skill to it. Example being, first they're working out what is normal, right? So an example being, I'll tell you a story which should sum this up. In my place, if you turn up late to a class, you're going to drop and do some burpees or press-ups. Even my wife turns up late. Babe, love you, but you better drop and give me 10. And she looks at me like, you ain't no different. You're treating you normal like everybody else. So one of my young boys, <coughs> blind lad, little shit though. He's a uni kid, typical uni kid. Just cheeky, late. Do you know what I mean? I just want to talk back. So he came, he came in and he's got his stick. He's heard me say to people, you're late, give me 10. You're late, give me 10. You're late, give me 10. So we came late. So now you're going to give me 10. I heard people. <gasps> I said, what? what, is, 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 what is, is he different to me or you or you or you? Took his stick, drop and give me 10. He's heard me say to people a million times, you're late, give me 10. So, me treat, so in order for me to treat him normal, giving him 10 pesos is treating him normal. He wouldn't want it any other way. You see what I'm saying? But that there takes quite a bit of bravery because he's disabled and he's blind. People will kind of go the other direction. That's not treating him normal. That's not treating him normal. If you was in the gym right now, any of you, and I was training you as a PC client, I'm going to push you to your limits. I'm going to push you to whatever. I'm going to find out what limit you're at, what level you're at. I'm going to tear you up to that limit. I'm going to push the boundaries with you. So whether you're Josh, Amy, Kira, Fran, DJ, Down syndrome, cerebral palsy, uh, CMT, I'm going to push you to your limits within reason, without bullying. And that's me treating you normal. That's me treating somebody with cerebral palsy or Down syndrome the same as I would need getting ready for a powerlifting competition or you getting ready for a strongman. So when people talk about normality, it's, it, for a lot of people, normality is a word. To me, normality is a way of life and it's about, it's a physical thing that I need to see. Do you know what I'm saying? 100%. What's the feedback been like from your clients, like who have probably not been treated normal for most of their life, and then to experience that? You know, before when I said to you that, I, I can't have bad days. No, I said to you, I can't have bad days. I said to you that my energy is always up. Apart from when I'm doing talks like this, when, when I kind of get to get it out, my energy is always mad because the feedback is. It's more than gains. The PT world and the gym world, it's about gains, isn't it? It's about gains, it's about gains. True gains, for me, is when one of my young girls went to the cinema with her friends the other day for the first time in four years to watch the Barbie movie. Gains. She was a recluse. Something horrible happened with her life and her family. She didn't leave her house for five years. 
Look a bit of Javino energy, little bit of J7 energy, look a bit of banter. Me disguising exercise, got her out of her house. She's now got the confidence. And she went cinema without her parents, with three of her girlfriends to watch the Barbie movie. That's gains. That's gains. One of my young boys has lost his mum. Trying to work out this new life, this new world without mummy, which is a challenge, which is a horrible challenge that part of life, he's a, but he's young and he's trying to work out and adapt to life without mum. He's now started baking. Baked a bad boy red velvet the other day. Gains. You see what I'm saying? One of my other girls, a disability is so bad. It's degenerative, it's going to get worse. She's 22. At 35, she knows she ain't gonna be here. She knows she ain't gonna be here. She started writing poems. Beautiful poems. That she's gonna leave for. That she's gonna leave for family members, myself. Expressing herself, gains. So when the feedback is, Things like that, I can't fail, bro. I've got a duty. I can't fail. There's guilt. Like my energy's mad. Like I'm a, like my self belief is insane. It's disturbing. It's, it's it's frightening at times. My self belief in myself, it's ridiculous. It makes people feel uncomfortable. My confidence. But. There's a response, I'm, I'm responsible for people's happiness, bro. And I take that very seriously. It's effortless to me. So think about, I, I, hate, I hate saying it like this, because I sound big-headed, and please don't think it's boastful. It's my gift. Georgie Best, his gift was balling, Gaza. How many stories did we ever park Gascoigne and Georgie Best turning up steaming, legless? But, but guy goes and scores, bags a hat-trick. Wayne Gretzky on ice hockey, Michael Jordan. We know what he does, Tiger Woods. We know that my gift is this. That with effortless, with effort, with minimal effort, I realised a long time ago I could really make people happy with minimal effort. So then I said, all right then, if I can do that with minimal effort, what if I turn this mother up to, to level 100? And since I've done that, it's gone even crazier. So now I've got a responsibility to make people happy. And it's something that I take very, very serious because the people that I know that I'm making happy, they deserve it more than anybody, bro. I'm not saying that you, you don't deserve happiness on me, but we ain't been through real hardship. I'm talking, we've all lost people. We've had people that have died in our family. We've had illnesses and we've been sick. But we ain't had hardship like their hardship. I'm telling you, I'm not going to list it. And it's not about a competition, but some of the things that people have had to go through. No human should go through. And that's why I take it so serious, because I know what it means to people. You know, the gift element of it, you know, I completely agree. And I think it comes out in your work. You're so passionate about your work. For somebody who's not found 
something yet you know we get a lot of messages about people seeking for that thing their thing how do i find my passion how do i find the thing i'm gifted have you got any advice for somebody who's you know feels you that they find peace man. yeah i think finding peace is so important and i really understood that recently you can't you can't grow before you said growth something that i believe in a lot you know in order for somebody to grow personally or with business the foundations of your self as a person, you need to be at peace. You've got to find peace. And then it could be easily, I had to find peace very quickly from an early day because if I'm training somebody that can't move their hands or legs, and my giddy self is dancing and singing and body popping, that could come across as patronizing to somebody who can't do that. Uh, somebody that can't, that's non-verbal and I don't shut the hell up. That could be patronising. So I've learned a long time ago to find peace where it was guilt for me as regards to I feel so sorry for people that are ill, that are going through what they're going through. So I said, you know what? I need to find peace that this is what it is. This is what it is. I'm at peace with it. I'm cool with it. Now let me do what I can to make your life better. I've had to find peace, man. I'm trying hard, like bro, be honest. I'm finding it, I was, I did find peace and I have found peace, but right now I'm going through a bit of a transitional thing where I'm finding it very hard to find peace because there's a guilt that's crippling me at the moment, bro. It's, uh, it's a horrible guilt that's crushing, yeah, it's crushing me up a little bit. Uh, it's a unique situation that I'm in with it. I'm blessed that I've even got to this point, but I'm also, I also feel cursed with it. Do you know what I'm saying? So I don't say no to nobody. Anybody that comes, that, that walks through my door, I'm gonna get you in. Get people that come from New York, Germany, Ireland, London, Birmingham, Wales, just to do half an hour with me. And I'm blessed and I'm grateful, so I give you everything give you everything. There's people now around the world who really could do with help that I can't get to. There I've had situations in the last year. I'm not going to name his name. I've had, I've had, to be honest, I've had probably 50, 60 of these. But one that I will tell you about is a gentleman in, uh, in Holland who's made the decision that he doesn't want to be here and he's, uh, his illness has got the better of him and he's going to, uh, he's not going to be here no more. He's going to, he's, he's made the decision. He's at peace with it. Cool dude, man. Cool brother with dreads. Cool, funky, hippie kind of dude. Sent me a video saying that before he leaves this earth, this life, he just wants to let me know what I'm doing is positively influencing people around the world, his whole family. He's got family in America and Africa who watch my videos, who get pure joy from it. And he said, before he leaves this world, he wants to let me know that. How do you respond to that? I wish I could clip my fingers in. Even if his time is on a stopwatch, Give me half an hour with you, bro. 
I beg you, like, give me half an hour with you. I bet you I can make you laugh. I bet you I can bring some joy or some happiness to this bloody situation. But uh, it's not that easy. So there's a level of guilt with certain things like that, that kind of crush me. So I have to learn to find peace with that, man. I have to, I'm working on it. I don't, know how, I don't know how I'm going to do it. And I get a lot of them kind of situations. And I know it's quite negative, but I've got to learn to find peace with certain things. You know, you've got this gift and you feel like you have, it's you who has to deliver that. How, how do you deal with, like, you can't see everybody? I don't. I can't, I can't. So I, I don't deal with it. I don't know how to deal with it. So, to be honest, the only thing that it makes me do is go harder. So my theory, it may be a silly one, is if I can't get to that person, who's not going to be here anymore? If I can't get to that person who's going through whatever they're going through in that country or that part of the world, the energy that I would have given to you and you, I'm going to give it to the people that I see every day. I'm going to give it to you because I'm not going to waste that energy. That love that I could have given to somebody else, by the grace of God, I can't get it. I can't do it because of whatever reason. I'm not going to waste that energy. I'm not going to waste it. I'm going to boil it up, bring it here and give it to Josh, give it to Amy and DJ and Kira and Fran. And I'm going to give it to the people that come in every single day just to make sure that love's not wasted. Yeah, I mean, it's such an amazing mentality to have, you know, in that situation. When you've spoken to your clients over the, over the years, like what is somebody with specifically like disabilities, like what kind of things do they face that maybe the average person doesn't understand? Like we, you know, with no perspective, we don't understand what they're going through. It's a horrible world, Jordi. It's a horrible world, man. I know. See what, you know when it's the fan? Human, natural human nature is to, to duck out, to bail out, to run. When gets real, Human nature, natural human instinct is, yo, I'm gone, every man for themselves. I've never been like that and I never will be like that. Even on my darkest day, I'm gonna still make sure that my people are good and around. And I, I love to think that other people will uh, have that same mentality. I've had a young girl who got trapped in a building. People were climbing over her wheelchair to save themselves. That's why she became a recluse. Because that's what the world was giving her. You see what I'm saying? Climbing over your wheelchair to save themselves. I don't blame you, babe. I don't blame you to go and I'm going to stay in my house. Because if this is what the world's going to treat me like and do this to me, I'm going to stay in my bedroom where I'm safe and protected. So eventually, somebody linked us. I found out she was local. I said, Pete, she was a big fan. So I said, I don't want you to be my fan. I want you to be my friend. I don't want to chat to you on the phone. I want to chat to you in person. So when she came to me, that was the first time in three, four years she left the house. So I see the power in that. I'm never oblivious to it, man. I'm never one of them people that... I am oblivious to a lot of things, but this, this particular situation, 
the first thing I said was, I need to give you another reason and another reason and another reason and another reason and reason and reason and reason and reason to keep on leaving your house. And that's when our relationship, and that's when I started obviously training her and she's now living a beautiful life. But they've been treated, people, there's, there's, there's injustice, bro, that will make you question humanity. One of my youngsters at my gym, I was here, this, is, this one was, and this is what I said when I said to you earlier on about my brothers and my dad, they're, so, they're better than me. Because there's certain things that I can't ever forget. You, there's certain things that I can't let slide. I wish I was that mature. <laughs> I wish I had the maturity to let things go, but I hold grudges. One of my youngsters in a big wheelchair, electric wheelchair, there's a taxi company that is a disabled, it's got a, the big black bands that have got disability ramps, like you press the button, the thing comes out. This dude pulled up outside the gym, looked at my guy, I'm not gonna say his name, looked at him, opened the window. Yeah, wheelchair's dirty, not getting in my car. Bailed out. Your wheelchair's dirty, you're not getting in my van. And bailed out, rang the company. I could easily now, with the platform that I've got, name the company, but I don't ever want to be that guy. It's about positivity, but let's be real. When we're talking about positive things, we have to chat about the real shit that comes with it. Two hours he was there, said that they were coming back, they didn't come back. Then they said, oh no, there's no taxis because they've got, they're going to the airport. A week later, one of my other guys at Manchester Piccadilly train station, exactly the same thing. I just think it's the most unfair. If that was with us, there's a level of, we can <coughs> somewhat back it a little bit more. Do you know what I mean? We can, we can give it a little bit more, can't we? Imagine that a strong ass Neve. She'd be legging down the, the taxi. These people can't do that. They can't, they can't really defend themselves as much as other people can. That's why, I'm a, that's why I will do it. That's why I will, I will do it to, to the point of, you ain't got to worry, don't worry. You just sit back and chill, let me sort this out. There's, there yeah, man, there's, it's not nice. And again though, them kind of experiences kind of fuel my fire to be even, so when them sessions happen, and I'm with rage, I'm sat there and I'm fuming. And I know that for the rest of the day, they're going to be fuming. They're going to be so upset and hurt. All I'm thinking about is the next session. Let me erase that memory to create a new one that's going to overpower that one that they just give you. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It does. I, this is, it's interesting you're talking about this because it's kind of like a bit of a, a process I'm going through as well. For me, like when we started Mulligan Brothers, it was, a lot of it was based on pain and hurt that I didn't want other people to feel. So it was like, that was what was fueling me. It was like this fire inside of me. And now I'm trying to get to the love side of it. And I'm curious as you're speaking about both powers because the fire inside is really, really powerful. The anger that people are facing these, these things every single day and this, this hurt, that's a powerful energy to make change for people. But on the flip side, the love side of it, the love for those people is also a very powerful energy. Mm. I mean, could you speak to your experience with it? And do, do you have a preference to when you're, you're trying to help people? 
if you're trying to do it out of a place of I'm hurt and I don't want you to feel this anymore and I'm, I'm sad that you're feeling this and I've got a love for you and you know I, I it's just an abundance of love for these people as well. It's all, it's all intertwined. Mm. Love and pain, it's all intertwined. Love and care is all people really want, all humans really want is to get love and care for but with my guys that I train, for me, I try and... Uh, the, the, the mind is a powerful tool, man. It's a really powerful tool. A lot of the times, the mind, people use it to block out pain. I use mind to use pain to create something greater. And the scary thing is a lot of the people that I, I work with, they don't see the injustice. They don't see the, the stuff that, the disrespect, the patronising stuff, the, 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 the comments, they don't see it. They don't see it, they're oblivious to it. So I try and use the pain that I know that that's out there to create something better. And you know what? I, it sounds corny, man. When I, when I say it out loud, it will always sound corny, but some people wake up every day and smiling or being happy that particular day is impossible. It's not even on the menu. To what? To laugh? To have a joke and smile and be happy? That's not on the menu today. Everybody's just to smile and laugh and feel some love. No matter how corny it sounds, every single person, human, black, white, big or small, no matter about culture, skin colour, on the menu of life should be laughs, smiles, love, care, the basics. And it breaks my heart that a lot of people wake up and that's, that's, an, yeah, that's impossible today. And I, that's, I try and put that on the menu. I try my best to put that on the menu. And that's why a lot of the times in the videos, you'll always hear me say, you're gonna laugh today, girl. My guy, you're gonna, hey, listen, I've got six jokes. You're gonna laugh today. Because that person is, may have woke up thinking, nah, today's not that day. I hate to bring it back to a negative point, but why do you feel that people who you train don't see the injustices they face? Is it because they're facing injustices the better all the humans, time? The better humans than 99% of the people out there. I'm telling you that, nah, nah. That's no disrespect to anybody in this room or anybody watching. The, Humans are lacking bravery. So me deadlifting what I deadlifted, you doing your strong man, power. People are lacking bravery. The people I train, I literally say, they are the, the greatest example of humans. They don't complain, they don't moan. They know who they are, what they are and what they represent. They are unapologetically themselves. Yeah, I'll pay that. It's, we're in a world where everyone's fake. Think about what we were speaking before about certain competitions. Everyone's pretending. Male ego, female ego, everyone's pretending. My people don't pretend. And there's not one bit of them that moans about. So even, even don't, don't let me wrong, a lot of them are, they're not stupid. Most of all of them, none of them are stupid. They know when people have said things or done things. 
But guess what? They just crack on and keep it moving. They crack on and keep it moving. We went to Parklife. I took them all to Parklife, man. I'm not sure if you guys seen the video. It was amazing. They all said, uh, somebody brought it up. And they went, yeah, yeah, I want to go Parklife. You know what Parklife is, yeah? yeah? Oh, no, we can never go there. I said, what? I said, watch. What do you mean? You can... I said, watch. What do you mean you can never go Parklife? So we got it sorted and we went Parklife. It was amazing. They enjoyed it. But the injustice that they received at, at Park Life was, uh, was heartbreaking, man. It was. They had a good time, but they went through things that they shut off. I was raging. They weren't. Crack on, we keep it moving. That's the power of their mindset. And I think it's, it humbles me. And it makes me think, you know what? I wish one day that my mindset is that strong where I can go through. I'm getting all oh, this injustice shot at me. I'm getting hit with all these, 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 these bullets of injustice and disrespecting, patronising. But guess what? Shrug it off. I'm going to keep it moving. I'm going to keep it moving and do me. That to me is the most inspiring thing. And I want, oh, I'm praying to God one day I can have a little bit of that strength, even, even half of it. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Today's video was sponsored by Huel, a quick, affordable, nutritionally complete source of food that has everything that your body needs. I've been using Huel now for the past two years because as I fly around the world and travel and do the podcast and do the documentaries, it's very difficult, especially as somebody who is plant-based, to find something that has all the nutrients, the minerals, the calories, the protein that I need on the go. So to know that I can reach in my bag and grab a bottle of fuel has been an absolute game changer. I'm also now using their Black Edition Protein. I've been using this for a long time actually. Whilst I was doing the world record stone lift, this is what fueled me. And also their new daily greens has been added to my routine every morning. I take one scoop of daily greens and the stuff, the percentages that it has in there is unbelievable. And I just feel healthier for it. I feel great. And um, yeah, it's all thanks to Huel. So Huel is today's sponsor. So if you want to find out more about Huel, head to the link in the description where you can get a discount as well. Let's dive back into the episode. I don't know if you ever heard of a guy called Inky Johnson. Yes, man. Yes, Inky, you know, Inky, yeah, with a disability. Yeah. 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 Inky, I've heard of Inky. Guy. I'd love to meet him one day, man. He's, uh, we, we met him like met him. four or five years ago now. And again, most humblest guy, genuine, you know, true, true to who, who he is online. But he has this quote and it's perspective drives performance. And I, lo I love that. But his, his opinion of that is that his perspective of what he's been through has now made him achieve excellence because of the hardships that he's had to face. And I think, again, true for everybody in life, like, why is it that some of the greatest people, you know, the most kind, loving, even successful people have had to face such hardships to, to get to where they are today? So, I mean, when you talk about your clients, I, 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 yeah, I believe it completely. You know, I bet these are some of the most kind, genuine people who, you know, face hardships. I, have, you, have you ever thought about that? You know, these people who are going through such difficult times, whether it's even losing family members as well and Ill, or illness, you know, really tough one. Why does it create a situation where these people come out the other side and, you know, are great people, good people, successful people? These, yeah, so the, re the reason why people, I think, choose me is because 
think I'm genuine, man. I think I'm genuine. I think I'm praying to God if... Yeah. So now, somebody asked me a question. This is answering your questions, Johnny. It's just going to pure things going through my head. Somebody asked me a question the other day. If I was to get a portrait made of me, what would I want that portrait to kind of represent? I think that's a random ass question. That's weird as hell. But then I thought, it's a really good question. So imagine somebody found a portrait of Javino 300 years from now. All it was was a picture, a portrait. What would that person see in that picture? I'd like to believe people see a man who's just pure hearted, who's very serious about his mission, his, his task of just giving happiness to people that deserve happiness. And I'm pray, I think that people come to me because whatever they see, they see that it's not fake, they see that it's real, it's organic. And it's somebody that's not pretending, man. We go on Instagram now or, or social media, you put, get 50 people up, 80% of them will be pretending a character. I've been around people, man. I've been around top, top celebrities, if you want to call them, who are fake. It's an it's a act. They're pretending. And when the camera goes off, they're a different dude. And you're looking at the dude going, is this, wait a second. This is not what I thought. It's weird. I, bit, I, like, I don't want to name names, but you've probably seen it yourself. Where you go, this don't make no sense. I'm hoping the people that watch my work are just seeing somebody who's just being real pouring his heart out and they go, do you know what? I feel like that person can help me because I think that person is just real and genuine. And I think that's enough. I'm not, the, the exercises are cool and I'm mega creative. I'm mega creative with that. But I think that's just, I don't think that's why people come to me because they see something cool. I think people, I know a lot of people come to me because they've seen videos and it's just joy, man. Just people, just humans enjoying themselves. Humans not even knowing that they're exercising. You said that, you said that, uh, disguised exercise. Disguise, isn't it? What's that? What's disguised exercise? <laughs> science is like, I, I, ain't, I ain't dissing people that are into science, right? But the science of certain shit is boring. It's not that interesting. I need to know it, but the client doesn't need to know it. So when I've got Marley, one of my youngsters, example, doing a drill where he's on his knees, he's leaning forward and he's got a big pad in his hand and he's slapping somebody in the face with it and he's laughing his head off. He doesn't need to, he doesn't know that he's actually working shoulder stability and he's working his core and he's working hammies. He doesn't know. I'm not going to say to no 10 year old, okay, so today we're going to do some, uh, Shoulder stability, we're going to do some ankle mobility, we're going to do some core, some spine stability. He doesn't need to know that. He just needs to know, yo, I've got these boxing gloves on. Jay said, punch this dude in his face until the cone comes off his head. So for 40 seconds, Marley's just laughing his head off. Go and watch the videos, you'll see him. That's why I get the noodles, the big noodles and the swimming things and the things, they're just, they're not hurting my guys. My guys that they're hitting, it's all soft stuff, that's fun. But they're just laughing their heads off. Not realising that they're working so much delts, so much core, so much stability. They actually, it's just disguising it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. When I, when I think about your videos now, you're an artist in disguising exercise. 110%. Yeah, because sometimes they do look a little bit random, but like there's so many small things to them that I'm exercise guessing you're putting in first. there. As always, the priority is, is their health. There's a video that's gone mad, right? With 
me, <laughs> me and Joshy, where Joshy loves getting out of his wheelchair. He's on the floor and he's on the mat. He loves it. He loves getting out of his wheelchair. It's liberating for him. So I'm just me and him are just pretending to be two fishes. I think it was just trying to get some biscuits. So me and him are just crawling, and I'm saying to him, just go get them biscuits. And I'm just grabbing him by his legs, pulling him back. He was blowing out. He was blowing. He was knackered. At the end of it, his stomach was in bits. His triceps were burning. But to him, it's just him and his big brother being silly, pretending to be two fish, eating biscuits. It sounds mad, but he's laughing, he's enjoying himself. He doesn't need to know the science behind it, but this is where I need to make sure that there's always, like a cake. People see the cake, the base of that cake has to be exercise, improving the strength, the mobility, the things that I know that they need to improve on. But on top of that cake, I put a little bit of music, a little bit of vibes, an atmosphere, some jokes, some, you know what I mean? Some daftness, some, I just cake it up so that the cake is just a cake, but the cake ain't gonna stand up. Ain't gonna be a cake, a nice cake, if the foundation isn't the elements of exercise that we need them to improve on. You know, with that perspective, I hope people who watch this go over to your page and watch some of the videos because it's genius. Like some of the stuff you're doing is absolute genius level stuff. Like there's so many intricate things. I mean, there's stacking the chairs. I saw that one the other day and, and you, you start to get it as you watch the video, like the incremental increases, you know, he, he's, he's working for his arms to stack this. So also it's measurable. So, I mean, if you're coming back the week after and he stacks one more chair. 100%. Yeah. It's, and you, you do that a lot with a lot of the exercises, you know, there's some kind of measurable whether it's getting one more ball or something, it's absolutely unbelievable. Do you, do you write them out? Do you come up with them on the spot? Like how? how... I'm a weirdo, Todd. I'm a weirdo, man. I've got so <laughs> many. I create a thing, but I'm so glad that you, not many people notice that. Like as regards to, I create things that I know I can measure and can try and do it again. Mm. Even the other day, I did a drill with Amy. It'd be a funny drill, man. It was with balloons. I picked it up and she's popping the balloons. Where I've just got two barbells that stood up and I've got a rope across it and there's balloons and I picked it up and her issue shoulder mobility. So in order for her to pop the balloon, she has to really work and do that. But what people don't realize, I've done a very similar show over three months ago, but the rope was two inches lower. So the next time I do that similar drill with Amy, wherever it was, I've marked it. I'm gonna put it up by maybe an inch, it's measurable. And this is sometimes so glad that you, you've seen that, man. I've got a lot of people. You know, sometimes when you do some genius and nobody realizes, everyone's <laughs> just laughing at, this, laughing at the video. But I'm like, you know how long it took me to work that out? So thank you for that, man. It's made me feel good. Yeah, you're, everyone thinks you're out here popping balloons. And yeah, you're, doing, yeah. you're doing progressive overload and like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I want to take it back to Inky Johnson again, because when, when we were with him, he said this quote, and it was, when you get through, when you get over the hill, reach back over and help somebody else over the hill. And I want to know what your perspective was for you to start reaching over the hill. You know, like, was there a hill you had to climb to get to the point where you understood, like, I want to help people. I want to under, I want to, you know, help people come through adversity. And because I, I, I never, I rarely find it's like somebody's been, not been through something and wanted to help somebody. It's usually to have some kind of perspective for themselves. No, I don't, I don't, I didn't. I would never, I wouldn't say that I've had to go over the hill to get anybody. What I would say is that I've had to just, uh, I've had to change who I am as a person. I'm not 
even though the social media is what it is and people see me on the telly doing whatever, I wasn't, I'm, this is some, I've had to adapt to this. Adaptation is something that I've had to really do. So Inky said, once you're over the hill, go back over. It wasn't that for me. My brother had to beg me to do social media. My brother had to beg me. I said, no, I'm not. What, taking selfies? He went, no, start doing it. He had to beg me. Uh, I've only had TikTok maybe a year and a half, two years. My manager had to beg me to open a TikTok. So with me, it was a matter of adapting. To, instead of being that dude, not into social media and filming everything. I'm not into that. I just want to just do some great work and make this person have a great session. Once I seen the beauty and how powerful it was and how far it went, I had to then go, okay, I need to start capturing more of this. And that was quite unnatural for me. I've never been that guy that was always, you know, sometimes you go to the gym and you see people with their tripods out. This new modern day people. She's probably one of them, no? <laughs> she is. Yeah. Everyone there with the tripods out. That was never me, I'm old school. So that was never my, that, that was never my kind of thing. But then I've had to adapt and now in the gym, I've got probably three tripods, more of the film. So I've just had to adapt to the, the new modern way of getting my stuff out. And You know, you say that, that curse of not being able to help everybody. The social media is your reach for that, 100%. Like, you're, you know, you're getting out of there. But I think that's double-sided as well, because then more people can reach out to you and say, hey, I, you know, I, I'm in this similar kind of situation. What's it been like opening the world up to more people? It's been amazing. It's like I said, it's, it's a blessing, but it's a curse. It's a blessing because that, around the world, man, I'm talking hundreds of messages every day from people around the world that have... What I'm, oh, what I'm so proud of is... Nothing more powerful than this, man. It's words can touch people, right? But actions, ooh, actions are so are much more powerful. These are people around the world who are replicating the things that they've seen me do and sending me video evidence to say, look what I just did, Jay. Somebody this morning from Ukraine sent me a video of themselves taking seven steps. Without their, without their, the walker, somebody with cerebral palsy. That was this morning. So these people are actually watching my stuff and physically doing better. So it's amazing. But you get opened up to some and introduced to some beautiful people and situations and people really kind of championing, winning and overcoming adversity. But then you also get exposed to the horrible, horrible nature of humans. The, the loneliness, how lonely some people are. I spoke to a lady the other day in Italy, who I think is four months now. She's not spoken to one person. She messages me all the time, every time, and I'm thinking, this is a bit mad. Every day, every post, she's commenting this and that. So I just reached out and I sent her, a, I was training, and she sent me something beautiful, dead nice message, so I sent her a video saying, just thank you for the support, just to let you know that I've seen you. I, don't, I miss a lot of messages, but I've seen yours. I just want to say thank you for consistently supporting me. Sent me back a message. 
voice note crying her eyes out, saying that I'm the first human she's spoken to in four months, the only human in four months. Four months. So again, with amazing exposure of beautiful things, you get exposed to horrible things like that. Four months. And she has got a family that are living, that don't live too far, but yet no one's decided to check in for four months. So things like that are uncomfortable. Uh, thing, there's a girl that came to see me from Birmingham. Young uh, cancer survivor. She's doing all right, man. She's doing all right. She's cracking on. I've only met her once. She came down un unannounced. Beautiful, beautiful girl, man. Tall, tall as hell. I'm mega short, but she's mad tall. I'm not going to name her. But when she came in and she gave me a hug, or I give her a hug. Big, I'm a hugger. Give her a big one. And she said, don't pull away. So I pulled away. She went, no, 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 stay there for a bit. So I said, oh, why? She went, nobody hugs me anymore. Like, I lost it, man. I lost it. Lost it. I just get myself together. And I went, what do you mean nobody hugs you? She went, yeah, my parents and my family, but when I go to the hospital, no one's allowed to hug me and physio. And so that hug, she wanted me to stay there a bit longer. And I thought, my God, man, is that, is that the world that we're living in now? Young girl who's going through cancer rehab. People are not allowed to hug you, like you're some disease-plagued person, like you're some animal. You see what I'm saying? So there's a flip side to it all. You get exposed to beautiful, wonderful things that this world has got. Also, you get exposed to uh, the nastier things that are not. Not nice. What's the thing you'd change in your, you know, your average person, able-bodied person? What's the thing you'd change on their perspective towards people with disabilities and illness? Ask questions. There's not enough questions asked. So a, a friend of mine, he's got Down syndrome, told me a story. And he said, <laughs> he said he was coming out of a Costa or Starbucks. And there was somebody, he's, was looking at him, an adult, was looking at him as if he had six heads. And they were so rude in there looking at him, they walked into a lamppost. But yeah, he said 10 minutes before that in this coffee shop, like an eight, nine year old kid came over to him and said, excuse me, why do you look so different? He didn't take it offensive. He said, oh, I've got, I've got a syndrome. And he explained the Down syndrome and the thing, and he went, oh, okay. I've got a friend in school that's, that's, got, that's got what you've got. And they had a great conversation. That's, that's how I was so innocent. Wasn't afraid to ask questions. Rather than stare and be rude and patronizing, had the courage to come over and ask a question. And that's what I try and do. And I think that really people like to get asked questions. A lot of guys that I've trained that I've got like I said, so many different disabilities. Sometimes I've asked people questions and they've said, no one's ever asked me that. I trained somebody two weeks ago and I said, so what, can you get up? And he went, what? I went, no, you're in your wheelchair, but can you stand up? And he went, well, yeah. And he went, no one's asked him that. I went, what do you mean no one's asked you that? 
people may, I think they just assume that it's rude or maybe a bit disrespectful to say to somebody, can you stand up? And I went, I thought, what do you mean? Why is it rude? Maybe because I've seen it before and I know that not everybody who's a wheelchair user is, 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 is a, can get up and do bits and bobs. But he went, no one's ever asked me that before. And I thought, I found that really weird. So uh, your, your perspective then, from you know, the clients you know, what would you say to the people who say they're scared of saying the wrong thing? Understandable. I'm not saying everyone's horrible, I, I understand that. Uh, but again, ask questions and you'll work out, let the person tell you what the wrong thing is. I, I've been schooled. I've been schooled many times, one, a situation a couple of years ago. Uh, an organisation I was working with that was uh, stroke survivors. The terminology is stroke survivors. I said stroke something, I can't remember what I said. And the lady pulled me and she went, Jay, I know what you do is amazing, but the terminology that you use is quite offensive to the stroke community. The, one, the, the terminology to use is stroke survivors. And I went, oh, I'm so sorry. And I learned from that. And she wasn't afraid to pull me on it. She didn't do it disrespectfully. She didn't do it rude. She just pulled me. So I think if people are scared to ask questions, that's why you need to ask the question. If you're, if you're scared to offend or scared to say the wrong thing, I bet you go over and actually just be genuine and say whatever you want to say. And disabled people are not monsters. They're not going to bite your head off. Just good intentions, yes, going with the question, you're good. Yeah, 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 I see that for sure. One of the things that I think is interesting throughout this conversation is the idea that it's on us, it's on me, you know, to ask questions, to speak to people. But how, from your experiences, the feeling of not being seen, you know, as this is something that I've, I've learned through podcasts. You know, there's a, few, there's a few podcasters out there who have disabilities who will talk about this. And they talk about not being seen, you know, not feeling like they're part of society because people avoid offending them or avoid talking to them. Is that something that your clients talk about? It's, people have got this uh, unintentional way of disrespecting people or making them feel outcasted. It's, it's horrible, man. It's not nice to feel like you don't belong. It's not nice to feel like you're not welcomed in certain places. And a lot of my guys, unfortunately, have been through situations where they felt like that. But again, it shows you the strength of their character where they just crack on and keep it moving. And what I'm proud of is, especially the younger ones, and now through exercise, are developing a, a mad, crazy level of confidence. And now are using the voice a bit more. I've now got the strength to kind of uh, pull certain things, say certain things if they feel they have been disrespected rather than just letting it kind of wash over. And I'm very proud of him for that. Uh, I think, I don't want to really get into a few of them stories because it's a bit personal to what they've told me, but a few of them in the last couple of months have told me they've had to pull certain people in restaurants and, and parties and events for really disrespecting them unintentionally. And, and edu educating a few people. And I think, you know what? Exercise builds confidence in the craziest way. And I'm so glad that that confidence has gone through them. And uh, it, it's making them do things that better their lives. I've seen a lot of people that you work with have, is it cerebral palsy or cerebral palsy? Cerebral palsy. So when, 
how, how does that affect somebody? But also, what is the exercise doing? Like, what are you trying to achieve through, through the exercises? Cerebral palsy is a very unique, it's a lack of oxygen to the brain uh, at birth. But you could have 10 people with CP with 10 different levels of uh, ability. It's, it's really varied. So I've had, I know CP people, people with CP who can walk. I know people with CP who can run. I've got, I know a little girl who I train who's got CP who's very, who can run. She's only 11. But yeah, I've got people with CP who are so drastically immobile on this. An inch, an inch, an inch, even less. It's just very unique to the individual. So the exercise is doing what that individual requires. And what I mean by that is, person A, a real person, I'm not gonna name her, who's a young girl with CP. She can run, she can move, she can do everything. It's just balance and coordination. So the exercises that I do with her is to just trying to really teach her to be in control of her own body. Person B, who's got CP, in a wheelchair, full-time wheelchair user, but he's ridiculously strong in his upper body. He can actually hold himself up for a while. So the strength, the work that I do with him is to really improve his, uh, his leg strength and his core. Because even in the kitchen now, he comes and stands up a little bit while he's baking, which is amazing. So it's just very, it's just like with any other client. It's individual to the client, depending on what they want to do. But that's, it's up to me to work that out and be creative in my ways to cater to each individual. You know what I mean? So, and through their strength training, the muscle, like working the muscles and the movements, they're able to, you know, he's able to hold himself up for an extra 30 seconds to a minute, or yeah, they're able to do certain tasks that are, you know, harder to it do. It has to be for something. Yeah. I, that's, and this one thing, one of the major things that differs between just regular PT clients and my guys. It ain't just about the gains of the muscle, and I, I need my guys to, I want whatever we do, or achieve, or gain, let me see you use it to do something. Whether you use the confidence that we've gained to now go to the cinema with your mates, whether we use the new sense of uh, improved self-worth and self-belief that you got in yourself to go, you know what, I'm gonna go buy myself a new shirt. To us, that's nothing, right? To somebody who's very low in self-confidence or self-belief, that's major. That you've gone out and bought yourself a new shirt because you want to feel good. So, but then again, it's if we've gained some leg strength, let me see you do something. Let me see you stand up more. If you drain some arm, let me see you shoulder press more. Let me see you bake more. Let me see you write more. Let me see you put your coat on by yourself. Let me see you zip up your coat by yourself. So whatever we do gain in the gym, again, whether it's strength or gym-related or whether it's emotional gains, psychological gains, let me see it. Let me see you do something with it. So like when I go to the gym, I'm trying to add a kilo to my bench. You know, the work you're doing is life-changing stuff. Like everyday life is being changed through these sessions. Like, I mean, what's like a, a simple, the best case example that you've seen that has changed somebody's life through, you know, a few weeks, like being able to like brush your teeth or walk or whatever it is. Like, is there a few examples that stand out to you? 
I forget you got so many clients. So, so many. you know, you work with so many different people. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a young girl that I train who's she just reminds me of how cruel life can be. How sometimes we're not promised anything, man. Anything can happen at any day, any time. But we have to crack on and keep it moving. Uh, the brain tumour she's had. Chemotherapy damaged all the nerves. So now she, yeah, so her nerves are shot and she, she's trying to work to walk again and balance and stabilise herself. And she's got to just learn how to move again. But to see the progression that she's made in only within a year, she can balance so much more than she used to. She can squat down and get up. She still wobbles and she's still gonna fall over. But in comparison to what it was a year ago, she's come on leaps and bounds, man. Leaps and bounds. And, and to somebody watching with the naked eye, they may not see it, but I do. Cause I'm the one who's with her side by side, close to her. Just to see when she's now walking, so much more control in her steps. If I let go of her, she can balance where when I first had her, it was nowhere near as what it is today. And I'm so proud of her that she's dedicated herself and dedicated her, dedicated herself to just improving herself. You know what I mean? What's uh, the thing you would say to people who are going through illness, um, who have lived with disability, you know, that, at that low point, like what would your, your words be to them? They're worth something, man. Everyone's worth something. Everyone's... Everyone's got amazing inside of them. Everyone's got... Everyone's got... Everyone's got the ability to change somebody else's life. So even if you're going through whatever you're going through, you've got the ability to not just improve yourself, but change somebody else's life. I think it's a matter of just making sure you really find people that generally care for you because they're out there. You may not think it. It may be a stranger. It may be a person that you've spoken to once. It may not necessarily be a family member that's supposed to love you. The person that cares for you, that could give you a lifeline, a new boost for life, is out there somewhere. Just please don't give up and try and find that person. Person could be me on the other side of the world. Could be somebody that you emailed. It could be somebody that you sat you sat next to at a coffee shop one day. Just find that person, man. I, I want to say how powerful that message is, actually. The, you know, when I ask that question, a lot of the time the response that I get is, you are you are worthy, you know, really wonderful message. You know, you're you're worthy, you're capable, you've got something about you. But I think the message of you can help somebody else to give somebody a gift of, you have the ability to change somebody else's life, a purpose is so powerful. You know, for people to understand that no matter who you are, you can really have a massive impact on somebody else's life, no matter who they are, strangers, other side of the world, whatever it is, such a powerful tool. I've never, I've actually not heard that. Really? Nah, not, not from that question. I've never heard anyone answer that before. To give somebody a reason, you know, a, pur a purpose. I so was talking about finding purpose earlier, 
And yeah, I think it's such a simple message, but you have the ability, no matter who you are, to help somebody. It's so powerful. Man. I think people underestimate how powerful, powerful we are as, as just modern day humans. Do you know the saying? And I said it to my son a couple of times as well. He probably doesn't remember, but I've said it to him a few times. Where Do you know the saying of, uh, you can be a product of your environment? I don't believe that I flip it. I believe that my environment can be a product of me. I truly believe that all I need to do is influence one person. Let me get into you. Let me make your day better. And I guarantee that will spread like wildfire. And I, I just believe in the power of humans. And we've got hidden ability, man. I think when you really kind of break down humans and really understand and really get into humans, you can expose that on that on that unbreakability, that that unstoppable nature of humans. And I think when you get that out, like I try to do with my guys, that unstoppable nature. It's the most empowering thing that will just keep on levitating them higher and higher in life. And it's people. I, I think it's something, there's something about the human nature that wants to help other people. And even above helping ourselves sometimes, to the detriment of ourselves. And I think if you are struggling to make a change in your life, if you went down the road of trying to help somebody else, you'd, you'd have the positive impact on yourself anyway. Help. What's the reward you've had from helping others? Family. Family, bro. Like to me, to everybody in this room, we love our families. That's the most important thing in this world. Your relationship with your family and your relationship with yourself. What I've been rewarded with is my relationship with myself has improved so much as a man. As a dad, as a husband, my relationship with myself has really improved because I see the worth in myself and I see the worth in what I do. But also, the reward is when you get accepted into people's family, it's worth more than gold, man. If you do something, I've, I've done amazing things with people. And to have mothers, fathers, grandmothers, granddads, sons, daughters come over to me and tell me, I see you now as family. It's, it's something that means more to me than, yeah, it means, means a lot. What's the difference between giving with expectation versus giving without expectation? One of them shouldn't exist. You should never give to receive. One of them should never exist. I've never, I've, I've never give to receive and I never will. If people do give to receive, you just really, uh, you're showing how ingenuine you are. So out of them two statements, to me, there's only one that, that exists. Uh, I'm a bit of a weirdo where I don't... See negativity? I don't give it enough respect or time to let it grow or develop. It's in and it's out. So even that statement that you said then, I can't process the other one. I can't process that. Giving, I can't, I can't even... It, it, I can't process it. I give to help, I give to inspire, I give because I want to see you thrive. End of full stop. There's nothing else that needs to be discussed. To me, like people always talk about success and artists, as I've gotten older, I've started to go, yo, so what is, to Javino, what is success? Is it a Bentley, is it a mansion? And things will be nice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They'll be nice. But I don't measure success on, 
And that, to me, success for me is inspiring people that I've never met before. And how many people can I inspire? Never met you guys today, but I'm hoping that we've had conversations that can inspire each other. And to me, success to me is defined by the amount of people around the world that, thank God, have been inspired by my stuff. And I'm only getting started. You know, it's so funny. We came to this crossroads recently of, you know, alongside this is a business. Like we have to run a business. And the, the conversation came up about what is success with it. And we've always had this mentality of if, if it all went to shit tomorrow, we would get a job at Tesco's, you know, work, buckle and done, we'd still do this. Because inspiring people around the world, same message as you, inspiring people around the world is everything to us. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy one because marker points of success for many people is, is money and material goods. And I'm, I'm with you, it'd be nice. You know, it's, it, it's not to say that those things, you know, might not bring a, bit, a little bit of joy, a little bit of happiness, but true happiness comes from inspiring people. I hope people can, can um, experience that. That's why I talk about random acts of kindness, small acts of kindness, or giving without the expectation. The energy you get back from somebody when you do that is... It's amazing. It's almost selfish what you get back. It's, it's unbelievable what you receive mm. from giving. I had one of the most successful things that have ever happened to me last week, man. I'm not sure if we could put this in, but I'm going to tell you the story and then you can work it out. I got a message of a guy. I get a lot of... <laughs> get a lot of messages from people in prison, believe it or not. And this, this, this particular person sent me a video of eight men in jail. Black guys, white guys, Asian guys, it was a mix of people in jail. All of them on the video shouting me out and bigging me up. It's like a 20 second video saying, yo, we watch your video. We all sit around the sink and we watch your videos every day and just saying really nice things and saying that they want to be PTs and the couple of them signed up to become PTs in jail. And I sat back and I looked at my phone and I said, these guys look like, what the, and I watched it again. So these young gentlemen have ended up in jail. And then my work has inspired them to not one, not to firstly film and send me a beautiful message, but to now tell me that my work is inspiring them that when they come out of jail to go into certain careers. I said, wow, that's success to me. 100%. If these young men have made decisions that have landed them in the box, to now see the nature of their ways, to say, you know what, as young men, we've grown and realised that, that that isn't a path. This man has shown us that we can go down this path. That, to me, is the most successful. That, that, that blew me away. We'll put that in because I, I wanted to share an anecdote. As you were saying that, it reminds me of when we were in, in we're walking through Nottingham with um, <clears throat> one of my friends, or two of my friends, Luke and Tom Stoltman, a strong man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you Big know, yeah, yeah, giants of men. And we're walking through and um, this guy comes up to us and he's like, he's like, oh, um, I know, I've been following you guys. I've just got out of prison two days ago. 
I love your videos. I watch the Mulligan Brothers videos all the time about you. And then Luke was like, well, this is the Mulligan Brothers. And then he's like, no way, I watch your videos all the time. We watch all your videos in prison. And uh, he was so like, he, I want to better myself, all this kind of stuff. And to me, that was at the time was like one of the biggest marker points that we'd got to the places we felt we needed to get to. Like it was about getting into prisons and places where people want to better themselves and want to, you know, make a change course, in their life. It's the most important thing. The thing is, this is why we want to get to as many stories, as many mm. people like yourself as possible. Because for me, exposure sets your belief. Of course. You know, if you are not exposed to people's stories, people's successes, people's journeys, and this is why I think what you do is incredible because there aren't many critters out there who are sharing people with cerebral palsy, being able to move her arm two inches. Like that might not mean anything to me, but to somebody with cerebral palsy, it does. Like that's, that, that person now who's watched that video understands that, hold on a second, it is possible. Like I've been exposed to somebody who has made it possible for themselves, who's in a similar situation to me. And that's why I think exposure is so important for people to watch. If, if you can't get to somebody like yourself, to, to the J7 Health Center, is to watch your stuff, is to watch, you know, if you're trying to go into a certain field, is to watch ex exposure of certain people who have been in a position like yourself, whether it's on a counselor stay, you know, working class and somebody's become successful, or whether it's somebody with cerebral palsy who's taken five extra steps today, that is the most powerful thing, you know. It, we all, back in the day, we would gather around a campfire and listen to people's stories. That's how it used to work. And like now we've got this ability to watch everybody's story on social media. I just think it's unbelievable. That's why, you know, when I saw your stuff, like I was like, I, I'd love to speak to you. Do and you believe in fate? I do believe in fate. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So this, I think me and you, if this was fate, me and you used to speak together. So I've got this little yellow book, right? It's in the car, actually. It's like my little notebook. I've had probably had six or seven of these over the years. Just my own thoughts and affirmations that I created myself. Three days ago, I written a new addition to it, right? About exposure. It's mad that you said that. It's just blown me away a little bit. So I had this thing that I've done it for years. And there's certain things that I've done for years. And as I'm getting older now, I'm really getting to writing my stuff out and expressing it a bit more. And it was about exposure. So when I train these special, wonderful people, I like to expose myself to pain. I want to, I want to be, I want to strip it down, take off the shield. And I tell the people that I'm training, tell me what you've been through. Expose me to your hardship all the hurdles that you've had to jump over, all the mud that you've had to crawl through, theoretically. Expose me to it. I want to know it, I want to feel it. If you say you've had it hard, you said you've had, you've had, you've had it hard and you've been through this and you've been through that, expose it to me. Let, I'm going to open up, give it me. I want to feel that pain, I want to feel that, that anger, the hurt, I want to feel it all. Because the reason why is that if I feel it, I believe I can fix it. Not cure it. Fixing doesn't mean get rid of it. But I know if you've been through the mud and you've been through the worst of the worst situations, you've been disrespected so many times. That's the, on a bit of a selfish one. I use that as fuel to create something life-changing that I can give back to you. But in order for me to do that, I need to be exposed to everything that you've been through. And I hope that makes sense, what I'm trying to say there. 100%, yeah. And that's why I said fate, bro. I written that three, three days ago in my book. 
written that three days. I wrote that three days ago in our book. It's fucking mad that he said that. Should we go on a date after this? <laughs> <laughs> it's Valentine's Day soon. But it's, it's it's funny though that your your investment in these people is so strong that you want to em embrace their pain as the fuel. It's like almost like you're feeling it yourself to go to go through it, and you're gonna fight. I have to embrace the pain, though, bro, because we have to share it. We have to. If I if I care, like I genuinely believe that if people care about each other, it's a togethership. Is that a real word? Togethership. Togethership. I don't know. I like it. Sounds though. good. Though. It people. sounds very good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a togethership. It's a it's a it's a team effort. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you ride it out by yourself. I'm gonna be there with you. The old um, saying of a uh, problem halved is a no a problem shared is a problem halved. Mm. But that again, again is I, I think something that we don't do. We don't talk at all, especially if we're facing hardships so we feel like we have to bottle them up and we don't speak about them. Is that something you experience with the clients? Like they keep it all to themselves? Yeah, but I get it out. Yeah. Like I'm awkward. This is why, <laughs> like I said, I've been reading a book about called The Good Psychopath, called The Good Psychopath's Guide to Success. I'm a psycho. I'm, I, I'm very ruthless with my intentions and my love for you. If I love and care for you, I, you ain't going to get me off my road. If I've got a vision or a plan for you, there could be a hurricane, there could be Godzilla. I'm still, I'm going to get it. There's loads of times where I've trained people. <sighs> one, one that comes to mind is a lady that I trained many years ago, man. When you really look at people, you can see pain, you know. Nowadays, people don't really look at each other. They look through people, especially people that are disabled or elderly. When you really look at somebody, you can see pain. You can see when someone's struggling. You can see when someone's going through shit. Every day I'm training this woman. What's up? Ah, nothing, nothing. Ah, something's up, what's up? She won't tell me. It's about the fourth, five, fifth day, I said, I don't, we ain't doing nothing until you tell me what I want. Ain't doing nothing. And then, no, 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 no. And she won't tell me, she won't tell me. And I sat there for 45 minutes. So cool, I don't do nothing with you. You can have your money back. This is an able-bodied person. This is not a disabled person. I said, you can have your money back for the session. She said, you're going to tell me what's up because I can see it, I can feel it. Then she eventually broke down that uh, her granddad is ill, really ill. They wasn't sure he was going to make it. Uh, but also she was getting ready for her daughter's wedding. So the stress of her granddad was stressing her out, but then getting ready for her daughter's wedding was stressing her out. And I said to her that if you care for me like I care for you, I want to share this with you. Don't go through it by yourself. I'm not saying I can fix it. But if you need to come in there and you cry for 30 minutes, that's what you do. If you need to come in there and, and, and for 30 minutes you talk about your granddad, that's what we do. That there is just as powerful, just as developmental as the actual exercises. And I think it's about, we've got to learn as humans to share pain. You can't let one person take too much. And this is why it leads to people wanting to commit suicide, at least people wanting to leave this earth because they've got all of that pain. There ain't nobody to share it with. And I'm thinking, if you're my guy and you're my dog, you're my brother, blood or not, I can't watch you suffer by yourself. What? 
let me take some of that. Let, let, so if we, let's cry together. If we're going to sit in a dark room, let's sit in a dark room together. You see what I'm saying? Recently, somebody very close to me, very close to me, I'm not going to name him, lost his mum. And ain't words can't, words can't fix that. Words can't fix or make it better. You lost your mum. But my thing was making sure that you ain't got to be obviously loud, happy, giddy, because you've just lost your mum. But guess what? If you're going to be by yourself on a Friday night, be by yourself with me. If you're going to be quiet and sad, understandably, be with, do it with me. So there's times where we was at the house with the boys chilling, watching foot, like football or boxing. He's right there. You ain't got to chat to the rest of the boys. You ain't got to be involved, but you ain't going to suffer by yourself. You see what I'm saying? And I think with my guys, I try and bring that, that's, that kind of model of support. Like whatever you're going through, man, let's do it together in any way, shape or form whether it's a text message, a voice note, a hug, let's do it together. Super powerful. I think um, the idea of telling them that is really important. I, for about, I'd say seven or eight years, I was grieving really badly. And I used to call this place like a dark well, like it felt like I was at the bottom of it the whole time. And I met a guy, uh, he's now my best friend. And he said to me, you can talk to me about it. We could, like he used to cry all the time about, you know, he'd lost his mother. And he used to cry about it all the time. He was like, it's normal. Like, you know, I cry from time to time. It's fine. He says, and you know, I, I can see you're in pain. We can talk about it if you want to talk about it. And it brought me out of that place, you know? And I think it took, for me, it took somebody telling me that it's okay to talk about it. Because I felt as a, as a macho man, that holding on to all this pain and not affecting the people around me was the way to go. Little do you know when you do that, you're affecting the people around you. It comes out, you know, it, it will come out, especially when you're in pain. Like you say, it just brims out of people. You, you, don't, you don't think you, people can see it or you don't think it's there, but it, it's present. And um, yeah, I think it takes a friend or brother, whoever it is to come up to you and say, you know, it's okay, we can talk about this, it's fine. The love, uh, the love that yeah. I've received on that, on that note, what you just said then, the love that I've received from my people have, you know when you said about being macho? Mm. They've stripped it off me, man. Yeah. And I'm, it's a blessing. I would be what you class as quite macho. Just the nature of being a sportsman and whatnot. I've, had, I've been humbled in the most beautiful ways where that ego that we were speaking about before, that's out of the window. That they, they've, they've, made, they've eliminated that. You, I've been me. Loud, energetic, Javino. But then, let's say Amy. Amy's one of my girls, I love her to death. One of my little queens. Every day she tells me that she loves me. Every day. She means it. You can't be macho around that. You can't. You could be Arnie, you could be Eddie Hall, you could be them Starkman brothers, both of them, giants. When Amy, with a little beautiful face and a little beautiful eyes and a little voice, says, I love you, what you've done for me, I love you. And she means it every second, every time she tells it me, 
I, I feel that she means it. You can't be mature around that. It crumbles you as a man and you just gotta be, you just give her a hug, I give her a kiss. And it makes me feel really, really thankful that she, she's in my life, do you know what I mean? And I think before, like, Amy and the guys that are training, Josh, Josh tells me all the time, he loves me, Fran, these people that are trained, there was an element of being a macho, not, not purposely being a macho man, but just being a man. To me, being a man was a certain thing, but they, they've taught me that being a man is not about the size of your muscles, it's about how much love I give to them, but also being a man is stripping myself naked, open myself up to receive it back as well. And that's what I've learned to do. And I'm happy that I'm, I'm at that place, man. You know, I, I, again, I watched one of your interviews and you talked about your dad and you talk about being a man. And you said that, you know, he, he did the typical protecting the family, providing for the family, drop you off at whatever, at 5 a.m. in the morning to cricket, drive two hours back to get back to work. And he sounded like a very, like, you know, manly man, but he'd also tell you that he loves you, you know, he, 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 which, you know, that combination, it, to me, makes what a, a man really is. I mean, what, what is your definition today? Because now we talk with, with uh, social media, there's a lot of anti-masculinity and all these kind of things. Like, what is like a strong man, in your opinion? Strong man is a person who's not afraid to be themselves. A person who knows what they are, who they are, and what they represent. A man is a person who, I'm not, I don't care what people think of me. My perception of myself is all that matters. I'm a play Justin Bieber in the hood. I'm a wear socks and sliders. Me and my son, when we're in the park, we do wrestling and we do Royal Rumbles and, and being a man is knowing exactly what makes you happy and not being afraid to do it despite the fear of what other people are going to say. Thank you to Javino for doing this for us. Um, my mission here on earth, I think, and I love the way that Javino talks about his purpose, but also my mission feels like I want to share other people's stories. And that feels like my purpose. So to come and hear Javino, who is so passionate about what he does, sharing his story, and talking about his purpose and that he is, he feels that he is gifted with this talent is so wonderful to hear. And so many of you out there are also gifted with your thing, gifted with your talent. And I want people to grow into that. I want people to really bend into the idea that they can live their lives and use these gifts to help other people. And uh, to be able to find somebody like Javino and share his story with you guys is an absolute privilege and an honor. And yeah, it was such an amazing conversation. The perspective, the disabled people and people suffering from illness are the strongest people. You know, what we face as adversity is nothing in comparison to these people. And we all lose people and we all have difficulties in life, me included, but to face pain every single day, to face being outcast and feeling alone every single day from the thing that is causing you pain just takes incredible strength to remain there with a smile on your face and trying and trying and trying to become better, to become physically stronger, to become mentally more resilient. It really is a huge perspective shift for me. And I've always said this, I've always said that the millionaire son 
who becomes a billionaire, to me is less impressive than the homeless man who becomes the manager of a shop. You know, to me, that is more success because it's defined by the journey we went on in the perspective that we had. And for somebody to be only able to take a couple steps, to be able to walk across their house now because of the work that they've put in, that is true success. That is somebody's 100 meter world record. That is me lifting the stone. It's more impressive, you know, to be able to do that is incredible. And that's why I find perspective in everybody's story. And I really do passionately and truly try and say this, that inspire change is everybody is capable of it. I hope you feel that too. You know, you are really capable of changing somebody's life with what you do, the words that you say, the actions that you take, just the life that you live you can really truly inspire change. And um, yeah, I love these stories we heard today. So thank you to Javino. Please go check him out. Um, yeah, it's been absolutely amazing. As always, today's podcast episode was sponsored by the amazing Huel, a quick, affordable, nutritionally complete source of food with everything that your body needs. And you know, I use these guys every single day. I would never recommend something that I don't use and don't absolutely love and stand behind. So if you want to find out more from Huel, head to the link in the description. Guys, we're trying to grow the podcast. Please like, comment, subscribe, get involved. Try and, I want to make this the number one podcast in the space. You know, I'm, I'm going to keep pushing for that. That's the goal. So feedback as well, guys. Where am I messing up? Where am I not good in conversation? Where can I be better? Because I know there's a ton of improvement I need to make as well. And uh, I will make those improvements. Thank you for watching. Have a blessed and productive day and I'll see you in the next one. Peace.